Okay. All right, that's better. Okay, mm. we're good. Hello, and welcome back to an episode of the Maroon Weekly for our last episode of the year. I'm Carter. I'm William. I'm Pravan. I'm Greg. And I'm Jake. Today, we're actually recording from a different location, usually in the basement of Logan, but today we're actually in the lobby of this study hotel on campus um, because it is alumni weekend, and we're hoping to see if uh, there are a few alumni will stop by, but regardless, we're here to do what we do. Uh, how have y'all's ninth week been? Ninth week has been somewhat decent. I miraculously was able to get all my papers done early, so I'm just studying for my final math exam. You know, being here to, uh, to, to um, host the podcast in the study hotel lobby is, is rather fun. Uh, right after this, I'm looking straight at Truth Be Told, uh, and I think I'll be heading straight in there right after this and, and enjoying a, a good lunch um, today, you know, not, not in the dining halls. I enjoyed my ninth week far too much, and so I will have to make up for that by spending the rest of the weekend in Mansueta, studying for one of my three finals. Bless your heart. (laughs) I don't know about you guys, but this is not my first time in the study. I've visited uh, my dad who was staying here before, and yeah, I I guess you guys have seen the rooms, right? The rooms are pretty nice here. Yeah, uh, Greg and I were were taking on a tour earlier. Uh, it It was pretty nice. Um, my ninth week has been pretty nice in that I finished my last PSATs ever. Oh, uh, very happy! Congratulations! Yeah, yeah. My my last class as I celebrated it was Star Wars and religion. Uh, <laughs> everyone came in costume. Well, I didn't have much of a costume, but I had a lightsaber. My roommate brought. You had a lightsaber. I did have a lightsaber. What yes. was your favorite part about this lightsaber? About this? Well, this one was the Sith lightsaber. You know, oh. it was Darth Vader's classic. Um, so you know, a big fan. <laughs> as for me, I'm surprisingly on top of my work I, I started working last night already have a draft done for one of my essays working on cs we'll do the next the other two classes today actually i, I don't know if i should mention this but I, I left my stuff in um the reg you know one of the cubicles like, is, is that ethically okay to to do that if you're away for an extended period can people reserve the cubicles no you can't reserve cubicles Oh, I'm you can reserve like the reg rooms. rooms. The reg yeah, rooms. Yeah, yeah. Um, I mean, is it ethical? Maybe not. Do I do it? Yes. Uh, see, reg cubicles are like are like real estate in my mind. They're very precious, and there's only a finite amount of them. Uh, and when you don't have them, uh, you're kind of in a screwed position. So I think you know sometimes going to a cubicle in the morning and putting down a bag or two and uh, you know, maybe a few books um, and you can return to that spot throughout the day. I think, I think it's, a, it's a, maybe not the most ethical, but it does help me remain productive. I've never once entered a reg cubicle, I have to say. <laughs> I also do not go to the like, top floors of the reg ever. I, I usually am a... I'm just in the A level all day. Why? And um, I, I like to get, I mean, they're not rooms, but the A level, like, you know, the ones against the wall where you have like walls around you. Yeah. That's where I love to be. And once I was there with a friend of mine, we kept looking over to one of the like walled off areas and someone's stuff was there for maybe three hours. And the person wasn't there, but they just left their stuff there. Three hours that's is a lot. premium real estate in the A-level. Yeah. I kept wanting to go over there, but I, I couldn't do it because someone left their stuff there. Three hours is a lot of time, but like an hour, an hour and a half, two hours, I, I can excuse. Uh, but three hours, that that is... 
All right, well, we'll go on to some of our articles. Uh, first, actually, is Will on a new park on the Midway. Yeah, we're looking at the Midway right now, and I have a, a lot of thoughts and feelings on the Midway. Um, but luckily, um, part of the Midway is being given back to the people, you know, pedestrians and, and people who walk and actually enjoy um, outdoor spaces. Um, the Chicago Park Commission approved um, the, Chica- the Chicago Plan Commission might I be corrected, approved the Chicago Park District's application to build a new playground and recreational area on the east end of the Midway. Um, And this happened on April 20th. The 3.3 acre outdoor space will feature a playground, lawn gardens, and a restored Cheney Goad Memorial, a monument named after political activist Flora Sylvester Cheney and one of the earliest memorials dedicated to influential women in Chicago's history. The park will be near the Metro Tracks and Stony Island Ave. In a twist of Chicago interdepartment conflict, the Chicago Department of Transportation states that this section of the Midway's lawn is in poor condition because of poor drainage and proposes that a regrade and added drainage to provide a usable lawn should be done. Despite concerns regarding the ecological consequences of the park's construction, the Chicago Park District's application maintains that the project is in no way harmful to the general welfare of the people and will preserve the natural resources by conserving the current characteristics of the space. This story was first reported on by Ashton Ohm. First and foremost, the Chicago Department of Transportation wants the Midway to stay just as it is. I think it shouldn't stay just as it is. I mean, just look at it. All this free parking, all these cars, it's not pedestrian friendly. Uh, I actually biked here today and almost got run over, uh, run over, uh, pushed off the road by a car, uh, even though you're supposed to share the road on the midway. Um, so I am happy that the Chicago Parks um, uh, District is, is putting in a playground where children can enjoy themselves. And really, the Midway should be a place where people congregate and enjoy themselves. I mean, going all the way back to the history of the Midway, it started off during the World's Fair, um, where people enjoyed this space. It's a place where you can walk up and down. Cars weren't zooming past you at God knows what speed. So I'm happy um, that this is being approved. And for the Chicago Department of Transportation, uh, I want them to comment on how ecologically friendly these roads are because uh, I feel like they won't have that much to say. Uh, so, yeah. We've definitely talked about this before. I feel like we talk about this like every two weeks. Uh, we have not talked about this specific we, development. We haven't, this is not something I've heard about. We haven't spoken about the park specifically that they're putting in, which I'm very happy that they are putting in. But we have discussed multiple times about uh, the the U Chicago Safety Week, where they put out those little flags uh, to to see people. What happened people. to those flags? You know, what, what happened to them? I've seen them in a couple. Happened. I've seen them in a couple of dorm rooms. That's what happened to them. <laughs> <laughs> also, those signs. I've seen them in the windows of a few apartments. Um, so. Which is not a wise idea, you know. If if you if you stole something, it's best not to display it on a place that you can see from the street. What are they going to do? Spoken like a true RA. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, I'm I'm curious to see see this park when it's done. I'm it's yes. like right by the Obama Center. I'm wondering how that'll affect any yeah. decorations yeah. or anything that's. Well, part of the reason why this park is actually being built is because um, when the Obama Foundation was being constructed, they displaced um, some you know, usable park land. And according to some city ordinances, you do have to make up that park land somewhere else. Um, so that is part of the reason why this park is being constructed, which is very exciting. Um, 
I also know that the Obama Center is going to be a place of community and of joy and of happiness. Um, so yeah, I'm, I'm looking forward to seeing this park and the overall completion of the Obama Center. And uh, in many years from now, when I have a say in Chicago politics, uh, the destruction of the Midway. <laughs> <laughs> the roads on the midway. Okay. Yeah, and when we when we all come back in a in a decade for alumni weekend, we'll get to see what's become of Jackson Park and the Obama Center and this playground. I believe Will, you will be the only one to see it as a student. It's scheduled to be done by 2025, and I think the rest of us will be out of here by then. Yeah, that is true. Um, huh? I'll send you guys pictures. Mm. Sounds good. That'd be great. Just stay in the in the group chat and. Uh, uh-huh. I'll send them to you in 2026. Of course. Well, now we're on to our second article. Pravan's going to talk about a class action lawsuit against UC Med. On February 9th, Carl Fisher filed a lawsuit against the University of Chicago Medicine for allegedly concealing visitation fees for emergency room trips and not effectively communicating such fees to its patients, which would be a vi- violation of the Fair Patient Billing Act and the Illinois Consumer Fraud and Deceptive Business Practices Act, respectively. The class action lawsuit is supposed to cover anyone who had to pay the visitation fees during the statute of limitations, which could potentially be thousands of people. Fisher claims to have been charged thousands of dollars for each of his most recent visits to the ER without being properly apprised of the fees or how they were calculated. The first hearing for the lawsuit is scheduled for June 9th. The article by Navier Rodriguez is available on the Maroon website. Yeah, those fees can really add up, especially um, if you don't have like your, your insurance lined up. I have only had to go to UC Med once. Um, my, my first year, third week of fall quarter, I ended up uh, tearing a ligament in my knee and had to go to UC Med. Um, I actually didn't go to the emergency room because I was concerned about the fees. So I just had people carry me back to my dorm. And then I took a lift to class. My professor was promptly like, you should not be here. Um, I I could not walk. Um, And well, I did eventually, of course, have to go to UC Med. And those fees were, well, they were not exactly fun, especially since having just moved there. my, My insurance was still in Florida. There were complications. We were on the phone for a very, very long time. Yeah, not not a fun thing to do. Yeah, if if he wins this lawsuit, it could it could affect a lot of students here who have gotten gone a little too hard at parties and had to been had to have been taken to the emergency room and uh, maybe like it's the fees that they've had to pay and maybe UC Med didn't properly make them aware of such fees. But if they yeah if they did win, it could affect some some people we know. Yeah, I do believe that hospitals should be very transparent with their fee structure. I just think that you know, it's it's vital for patients to know what they're going to be paying. Um, you know, I don't think it's a secret for anyone. Hospitals are way too expensive. Um, so yeah, I think hopefully I'd like to see the outcome of this lawsuit. Yeah, neither neither the plaintiffs nor UC Med were uh, were responded to the request to be interviewed for the article. It but, makes sense. Uh, yeah, ongoing litigation. Yeah. yeah, so yeah. Again, we'll we'll see how it goes. Well, now we're on to a third article. Greg will talk about research published on treatment for anaphylaxis. Every three minutes, a food reaction sends someone in the U.S. to the emergency room. At present, no cure exists for food allergies, but one U. Chicago professor is trying to change that. Spearheading research on food allergies and other non-communicable diseases is Catherine Nagler the Bunning Food Allergy Professor in the Pritzker School of Molecular Engineering. 
She leads a research lab on campus that investigates food allergies and the gut microbiome, which plays a key role in regulating immunity. She is also the co-founder of Claustrobio, a company she co-founded in 2016 with Jeffrey Hubel, a pre professor in tissue engineering at UChicago. In an interview with the Maroon, Nagler attributed the rise of many non-communicable diseases, including food allergy and inflammatory bowel disease, to a shift in the nutrition of the American diet over the past few decades. This shift led to changes in people's microbiome and a decrease in the bacterial diversity in the human gut. One such bacteria, which is now less common in the American diet, produces butrate through the fermentation of dietary fiber. Butrate is a metabolite, meaning that it plays a role in metabolism, and it's also associated with preventing food allergies. Habel developed a new patented polymer delivery system, which mixed butrate with polymers so that it could travel through the stomach before being released in the gut. And Nagler described this novel polymer as, quote, their secret sauce. So far, this polymer delivery system has proven successful in tests on mice, and Nagler's current hope is for their progress to be approved by the Food and Drug Administration, and for human test participants to begin trying their system of butrate delivery. The full story is up on the Maroon's website and is by Katie Lungiel. Yeah, I, I think this is really this is really cool. We learned a little bit about this in in my core bio class, which is sort of a focus focused on microbiology. And the point that you made, or that um, that Nagler is sort of looking at, which is that sort of changes in human behaviors and attitudes have sort of resulted in like the decrease of bacterial diversity in your gut. That that was a that was a real talking point of our class, and uh, yeah, our professor encouraged us to sort of combat that lack of diversity in in as many ways as possible. <laughs> uh, but yeah, hopefully this research uh, goes somewhere. I'm really excited to see how, um, yeah, how how Dr. Nagler and Dr. Hubble proceed. Did your professor have any tangible recommendations as to how you could increase the diversity in that way? Um, just eating a lot of different foods. I think was yeah. the, the simplest one, um, and yeah, I, su I suppose like not just eating the same thing over and over again. My my like elementary understanding of it has has been that like maybe kids should be allowed to like play in the dirt a little more when they're like very young <laughs> that, and be able yeah. to just get access to germs like won't kill you and will hopefully mean that you don't have like a debilitating nut allergy. I have one friend. Um, he and both of his older sisters all have like anaphylactic reactions to mm -hmm. peanuts, which is just kind of an annoying thing for the rest of your life. Like it probably won't kill you um, if you're if you're smart about it, but um, <laughs> it's like something that you always have to be aware of. And if we can cure it, that'd be wonderful. It sounds like promising research. As someone with an egg allergy, I'm very excited to see that U Chicago's um, you know faculty is, is is trying to get to the forefront of this problem. Uh, but one of the things I'm really interested in is actually the company that these two professors formed. Um, it's really interesting to see the emergence of some sort of biotech company, um, and biotech is a very broad word nowadays, um, here in Chicago. And I really do hope that they stay here because I feel like there's too many biotech companies that, you know, open up here in Chicago or in another small uh, city and state and then move to like a city like Boston or San Diego. I really hope that like this kind of helps grow Chicago's biotech industry because I think there's a lot of potential uh, for the biotech industry here between the Chan Zuckerberg Institute that we reported on a couple of weeks ago, um, you know, amazing institutions like UChicago and um, 
our our our, our friends up Lakeshore Drive. Uh, you might have heard of them, Northwestern. Uh, yeah, so I'm you know I, I really do hope that that this company really grows and flourishes kicking off a biotech revolution here in Chicago as well. In related University of Chicago technology news, um, the U.S. ambassador to Japan, Rahm Emanuel, recently crafted a $150 million deal between IBM, Google, the University of Chicago, and the University of Tokyo for quantum computing research. I don't know if anyone else has heard about this. I saw that um, the other day. It's pretty pioneering work, and it's great that not only um, the University of Chicago, but also Chicago more generally will be involved in this sort of high-tech industry um, in the coming years. Yeah. Thank you, Ambassador Mayor Ram Emanuel. Great person (laughs) at times. All right. Well, now uh, we're on to our final article, Jake, on uh, UChicago Votes. Sure. Um, We weren't sure how to pronounce UChicago Votes. I'm going to go with Yushi votes for now. Um, I apologize to anyone affiliated with your organization if I'm butchering that, but um, Yushi votes co-directors, fourth year Caroline Koklanis and second year Shannon Dye, attended a Chicago Board of Elections meeting in April to address issues they faced while registering student voters for both the 2022 midterm and the 2023 mayoral elections. In both elections, their polling location at the Reynolds Club ran out of voter registration forms, so students were unable to register and subsequently perhaps unable to vote. They also advocated, um, the two also advocated at this meeting for changing the voting location of our precinct, which encompasses six of the seven dorm buildings, to make it more accessible for student voters. Dai said that the commissioners of the Board of Elections were eager to fix these problems and help to stop disenfranchisement of student voters. Koklanis said, students are very prepared to vote. We want to make sure that when they actually come to vote, they're able to do so. This report is based on an article by Austin Zeglis for the Chicago Maroon, which is available on the Maroon's website. Yeah, voting uh, for most students, that takes place at Reynolds Club, right? This is the registration. Um, oh, the registration. Yes. Interesting. So you can register to vote in one location, but um, you have to actually vote in, in another. I believe so. If I'm not mistaken, Chicago actually has same-day voter registration, um, where you can register at your polling location. So you have to know where your polling location is, but you can show up the same day, register to vote. Um, some state politicians should implement same-day voter registration. I think it's a great policy. Um, yeah. I mean, I'm not a voter here in um, Illinois. This is a disclaimer. I do vote back in Massachusetts, but I think it is important to get people out voting. So as many of you might know, this is not just the last episode of the year for, for all of us, but specifically Carter's final episode uh, with, uh, with our team. And uh, we thought we'd finish up the episode by sort of asking him some questions about his overall experience at UChicago and, and at the Maroon and all that. So I guess we could, we could just start by, you know, if, asking if, if you have any advice for us, us young'uns. Well, I mean, the thing that I think has been most important to me is finding things to occupy my time at UChicago. Um, everyone knows the motto that UChicago is where fun comes to die. I really don't think that's true, and it's because I found so many different activities to, to, to do things outside of class. I don't actually think of my time at UChicago as a measure of the coursework that I've undertaken. It's more about what I have done outside of that coursework that has taught me about how to you know, who who exactly I want to be, what I want to do, the sort of people that I 
want to be around. And that's been much more influential in, in my development than the coursework itself. So although, yes, I am here to study, I see myself focusing more so on what I do outside of my studies than the actual content of the classes. Um, so in my experience, that's been uh, a number of different clubs. I actually joined all of the clubs that I am currently in my fall quarter of first year. I have neither added nor subtracted <laughs> a single one. Um, so I, I've been on the mock trial team for four years. I've worked with uh, Choman, our student um, model United Nations conference hosting arm. Uh, I am in the pre-law fraternity and uh, I, of course, work with the Maroon. Um, the only slight change is that I actually joined the podcasting team in spring of last year. Before then, I was only a copy editor. Uh, and I still do copy editing. So you won't see my name appearing on any articles on the Maroon. But I have seen uh, many, many, many articles on the Maroon in, in their development stages. Uh, going through and making sure that they are as pretty as they seem. I guess, um, sorry, I'm talking about the Maroon. Uh, I was wondering if you, like... If you had any, any thoughts on, you know, how, how the organization's changed over four years or like how your experience has been from beginning of first year to now, what's, what's the same, what's different? Well, the Maroon has been working to um, give itself some distance from the university to make sure that it's a little bit more independent. Um, it, it's on its way to becoming financially independent, we hope. Um, and, and so that's affected a little bit of the way that it presents itself. And it's, it's been making... Um, an outreach to modernize itself more with the limitations on when it's been published and also with the development of more special issues uh, and also with content that is is a little bit uh, non-standard. I think we, we did have a podcasting team when I joined, but I it, it was you know not particularly big. I don't recall much of it. Um, and so bringing out further non-standard content has been, I think, one of their goals to differentiate themselves uh, and, and very welcome one. Um, also, of course, it changes year to year depending on who the editorial staff is, what uh, the editorial board is, is going to look like. But it, I think it's, it's maintained generally the same heart while I've been here. Yeah, I mean, there, there are several new developments that have happened, I'm sure, like, not just that, not just you've observed, but I guess all of us in our short time on the Marine, like uh, the Black History Month issue that, they, they do, that they're going to do every February, that they started uh, this year. Mm -hmm. um, that that's that's a relatively new development and those kinds of things that they I mean, in terms of like behind the scenes stuff they've like completely overhauled their back end kind of thing and they, they used a new they started using new software to sort of publish stuff on, on the website yeah like, we have a whole new website actually from when I when I started yeah uh, the website itself <laughs> yeah mm -hmm. so Carter how are you feeling about this being your last week at the University of Chicago uh, well you know, it's graduation is something that I've known has been coming up, of course. You know, I, I hope it's not too arrogant to say I assumed it would happen. Um, that I, you know, I've, I've seen it coming. I actually felt most, I think, uh, sort of anticipatory at the end of my third year. That was when it sort of hit me like I only have one year left. And so this whole year, it's been the knowledge of, Yes, this is, you know, this is the end of my time in U Chicago. Um, 
what I'm going to miss is not the coursework. I, you know, I think I've made that clear. Um, I don't think anyone lists final exams on their, you know, their their card of memories that they will miss. Um, but it, it really is the people here and the things that I've been able to do with them that I'll miss. Also, the schedule. Being able to wake up at 11 a.m. Is, is truly fantastic, and I'll miss that greatly. You're able to wake up at 11 a.m.? Oh, you schedule your courses right. You can do a lot of things. <gasps> <laughs> and you'll miss Cafe 53, of course. Yes, there are some Hyde Park gems. I'll, I'll miss being able to just walk around. Jackson Park has been you know, a lovely place in the spring, especially growing up in Florida, um, which had a sort of you know eternal summer, which is lovely if you like the heat, and I do, but is not great for springtime flowers. Um, I'll miss, I'll miss the, the spring here in Hyde Park. It's been my first time getting to see the seasons. Still never did make a snowman in winter. I'll, I'll have oh. to get to that at some point. Um, but yeah, missing that. Missing, yes, Cafe 53, my eternal go-to for any non-dining hall meals, as well as Soul Taco. Um, yeah, I'll, I'll, miss, I'll miss Hyde Park. I'll miss uh, a lot of it. I'll miss a lot of it. Uh, well, as a first year, um, I've looked up to you, Carter, um, as someone who's you know done excellent work inside of the Maroon, but also just as a person, your kindness and <laughs> your helpfulness has, has always been stunning to me. And um, if you could leave, you know, a piece of advice to a first year like me, who's you know kind of just getting their U Chicago uh, career up and running, you know, just finished their first year and is still exploring what the university has to offer. What would you tell them? Well, there are so many things that you can do, and a lot of people feel this pressure that they need to do all of them or they need to meet some sort of threshold for, like, this is a college experience. This is what you need to do. They need to go to these parties or they need to join these clubs. Um, and I don't really believe in that. I think that you need to do things that you enjoy, um, because the fact is, this is your life, it's not anybody else's. Um, and if you don't get fulfillment out of it, you just think that you should, you need to recognize that you are not getting fulfillment out of it. So if that means um, finding a new group to be with, you need to find them. And it means leaving a group, it means you need to leave. Uh, there's too much pressure on what you should do, and not enough emphasis on what actually is. And I believe that that's a very important distinction. Recognizing what you want, finding it, not staying with what you think you should want. That's very profound. And I think, to me, that's kind of like one of your best qualities that you like always go for like the, the fulfillment aspect of it. You sort of, you sort of plan everything according to, to that core principle and I think if I were to if I were to think about like which students I know are like doing the most out of their their time at Chicago, you'd be pretty high up on that list Thank you. in terms of just like following what you want to do and I actually doing it um, yeah I am definitely a big fan of just when you find an opportunity like make a note of it and just do it um, a lot of times you might find like a bit of a pressure when you when you schedule things sometimes you're like why did I do this but I have almost never regretted doing something I generally don't believe in regret you if you think you might want to do something just put it in your calendar uh, and and you'll find that you know you'll maybe you'll learn something you'll at the very least you'll get some sort of enjoyment out of it and there are so many 
different things that you wouldn't think of. And if you just find yourself maybe interested in it, why not? College is a time to try a lot of things. Indeed. All right, we've got one more question for you. Uh, just if, if you have any fun core U Chicago memory, what would it be that you want oh. to share? It's hard to pick, you know, one particular thing. I mean, it, there are a few things, I guess, that I would say that I have done at U Chicago that I think everyone should do. Um, one of them is study abroad. I do think that everyone should try to study abroad at least once. Even those of you who are pre-med, it is possible. One of my best friends is, is pre-med, and she studied abroad four times back-to-back. Um, yes. Yes. Well, she did a September program in Paris for um, okay. I, I can't remember which one. And then she did uh, she did my classic social political thought in Paris with me uh, in fall. And then she did global health in Paris in winter. Wow. And then she did Civ in Jerusalem. She she just really well she you know they have really great um, funding opportunities for study abroad if you are receiving a scholarship she's an Odyssey scholar and so she um, received full funding for that and it was just the sort of thing that she really couldn't have done beforehand and she just wanted to try as much as she could get as much out of it and I really think she did. Um, of course, I missed her and she was not on campus but now she's back and she's all these cool stories so. Absolutely, study abroad as possible for for basically everyone on campus. Sorry to, to those of you who are maybe chemistry majors, um, but absolutely should should look into it. Uh, other other things I recommend: just taking fun classes. I have taken a number of classes that don't actually count for anything major or minor, um, but they were just sort of fun. I'm in Star Wars and religion this quarter. Um, with Professor Johnson. I also took his villains course spring quarter my first year. They're both just fun. Um, I took Ada Palmer's class on the Italian Renaissance, which includes a full papal election live action role play. Just absolutely incredible. There are a lot of fun courses here, and please do take them. Um, you won't get to after you graduate. So just, you know, if you, if you have a free, a free spot in your, in your quarter, um, you know, Think about it. Think about taking taking some more unusual classes. You might get something out of it. All right. Well, that that that's a wrap. Uh, unless there's any other any other uh, news from our end, that that's it. We'll say goodbye to you for this year. I'm Pravan. I'm Greg. I'm Jake. I'm William. And for the last time, I'm Carter. Thank you all for joining.